Good morning, good day, or good evening. Whenever you are listening to this, my name is Kevin Fukunaga, and you've joined the Scripps and Scribes Social. Many of us are socially distancing ourselves, so this is our opportunity to hear from other writers who are going through the same experience. Uh, today I'm talking with writer-producer who's worked on Supergirl, Jessica Jones, and Cloak and Dagger. His name is Jay Holtham. Thanks for coming on, Jay. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. How in the heck are you doing right now, buddy? You know, it, it's I'm at that weird part of this thing, yeah. at least for me, because, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, Black Swan events, as they call them, happen. You don't see it coming. A week ago, I did not really imagine this was going to be where I was, I was this week. Uh, and it takes a little while for your brain to sort of like process that this might be the new normal. I feel like today slash yesterday was when it really started to sink in that, no, this might be just how it is. Right. You know, the first, the, the sort of the first day, uh, we, uh, I'm currently on Supergirl, uh, and we were in the writer's room. We, we, uh, started work on our next season, season six, uh, about a month ago, we were in the writer's room last week last wednesday mm-hmm. i don't know these days every day is like 10 years right so that seems like a whole other life ago where i would leave my house and go to work um, but it was like last wednesday we were like at work and one of my bosses you know the the news was sort of coming in and then coronavirus is, was out there and things were happening uh but it all seemed still so far away and so, like, oh, well, that's happening in Europe and China and whatever. I guess it's coming here. Uh, and then it was, nope, we're not coming in the office anymore. Uh, and it was, like, over the weekend that it started to really sink in that, oh, this is for real. And now that it's Tuesday, we've been doing a virtual writer's room using Zoom, uh, sort of like everyone is doing, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for the last four days. Uh, and now it's like, oh no, this is, this is life now. And I'm just at the point where I'm like, oh, okay. How do I do this? What does this look like? Cause for the first few days, it's sort of like, oh, it's vacation. I can sleep in. Right. I can put on pants. This is awesome. And now it's a little bit like, okay, how is this going to be sustainable? Right. And I don't know, man. I'll be honest. I'm I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us are. You don't really yeah. know from day to day things change. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, a couple days ago I was like, okay, you know what I'll do? Uh I've I've got a gym in my building, they've got a treadmill. I like to walk. I'll go down there and I can like walk on my treadmill for like an hour a day. And that would be cool. And then literally that evening I got an email from my building saying we're shutting the gyms down. Because is reasonable. That's a reasonable thing to do. Right. And I'm like, right, okay, so I can't do that. So now I have to sort of rejigger what that plan is, you know. And even with sort of working every day, it's a little – it's just a little different. It's all – things are slightly different. And it's all slightly like, okay. And it's also a little bit like there remains this underlying uncertainty to everything, because, you know, we, as with the, been this sort of rolling cascade of cancellations and, and postponements and things, uh, you know, I had a, a friend, uh, uh, you know, or you, you, you read about things where it's like, okay, this is going to happen uh, instead of this month, it's going to happen next month. It's going to happen in two months. You know what? We don't know when it's going to happen. Right. So whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of like, you know, even things that are a month and a half away, like I've got bowl tickets. Will I be going to the bowl this year? Will anyone be going to the bowl this year? I don't know. Right. You know, even with our season, you know, there's still, you know, we're supposed to start shooting again relatively soon. Uh, and presumably it will happen. And we're all acting like it's going to happen, but it also might not. And it's very, it's very weird. Yeah. I mean, just for our, on our side, in terms of like being parents, my son was in school, and as of uh, Thursday, it was the, the superintendent was saying, "Yeah, 
school's going to go ahead. We don't foresee an issue. As of uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, it's like this is the last day. Take home a bunch of schoolwork. <laughs> and, you know, we're gone for two weeks. And just and this was on Friday. And just today, the governor is saying, by the way, school may not come back this year. We may have to see you in fall. Yeah. So it's it's changing literally by the day. It's pretty. It's yeah. Pretty crazy. It's like every every moment. It's a little different. So it's a little hard to like for me. I, I like I like schedules and I like planning. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't do my best. I'm not often my best when I'm left to my own devices. Uh, so this is a particular challenge for me because I'm very much left to my own devices. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's a little hard to sort of like think and plan and process. Like I'm honestly very glad that we are still working because at least that sort of like anchors my day, like between 10 and five or six, this is what I'm doing. Right. This is the time that I've got blocked out for this thing that, in a way, I, I'm just here and I, I've got to be doing this, you know? Right. Um, but beyond those hours, it is a little bit like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, um, <laughs> at least it still seems safe to go outside. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <For now. laughs> Question mark. Yeah. yeah. I mean, today, I don't know. Um, at some point, I'm going to need to get toilet paper. Right. <laughs> um, once the, the panic sort of passes, right. I hope. You know? Yeah, I'd give it a few days. Those those shelves from all the news reports still seem pretty bare, but uh, they yeah. were very bare. They were really it was it's pretty it was pretty apocalyptic out there. Yeah. The last time I went up to my Ralphs. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the meantime, like I said, I've got work. Um, I'm gainfully employed, uh, working on a show I like, and we're having sort of fun with Zoom. We realize, you know, you can change your name and your backgrounds. That was a <laughs> fun discovery today. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that sort of keeps me kind of together. And then just, yeah, finding time, uh, to do other stuff. Right. Before we get into the other stuff in 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 Jay Holtham's life in terms of mm -hmm. what he's doing to remain sane uh, when he's not working, maybe you can. I've never worked in a virtual writer's room. I'm sure most people haven't worked in a virtual writer's room. <laughs> no. how, how does that work? What what uh, what goes on in a virtual writer's room? How how are you guys? I mean, it's remarkably similar to our regular writer's room, okay. uh, except we uh, we were referring to it uh, as the Brady Bunch room. The Brady right. Bunch app right. is Zoom because, you know, you've got all your writers. We're all in our little boxes with our little screens, uh, little glimpses of each other's homes. Uh, one of my coworkers and I discovered we had the same piece of concept art from Spider-Man Homecoming oh. on our walls, which was nice. Uh, a thing that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know. <laughs> um, uh, but it still sort of functions like a room, which is nice. Um, the, in a way, the best part is, you know, you're dealing with, uh, showrunners, uh, and it's a very, very big, very, very, very taxing job. Uh, and normally when we're in the room, when we're in the office, uh, it's kind of a fight to get an hour with our showrunners just because there are so many people who need them and they have so many responsibilities, uh, and here right now is sort of a golden time because there's less responsibilities uh, and they are kind of more available. So they get to be more engaged, which is great. Uh, and so the work becomes a little bit more efficient, which I think is nice um, overall. I mean, we'll see how much that keeps and we'll see how it goes. Um, it certainly helps that our production has suspended and all of that. Um, and that sort of limits, limits what they need to be focused on. But, you know, uh, I think it's certainly easier for them because they're home and like their families are there and they can pop out and see a family member or deal with it relatively quickly or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, but it, other than that, like other than just this, you know, you, you know, we're here in our little, little bubbles, so do you the have, have the Zoom conference on most of the day or you, yeah. just, you have an appointment, a meeting and you set it up, you talk for however long you need to and then you all go off and do your own things or? Basically, I mean, we've been working in kind of a couple chunks of the day. So we'd work for a couple of hours, 
take take an hour for lunch. So you sign out of the Zoom thing and you go and you do your lunch, whatever. Uh, and then you come back and we work, have an afternoon session and work for another couple of hours. And it's it seems to be going fairly well. Huh. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, smoother. I know other people have had, like, issues, and it can be rocky, but for whatever reason, this has been relatively smooth and simple so far. Well, that's great. Yeah. And technically, when are you guys supposed to start shooting, uh, supposed to being, I guess, the operative word? I Ideally, we were supposed to start shooting again towards the end of April. We had a, a slightly different schedule than we normally do. Hmm. Um, due to the fact, uh, that Melissa is pregnant, mm-hmm. um, which is public knowledge. And so, uh, shooting, shooting around her pregnancy, essentially required gotcha. us to sort of start earlier, uh, and plan to take a longer hiatus later in the summer. So who knows at this point, right. um, how that's all going to be affected, you know, whether, you know, uh, whether or not this is a kind of thing, you know, I mean, what, China was under lockdown for 50 days. Is they that said. how long it was? Yeah, it was a long time. It seemed like a yeah, a couple of months. Yeah, they were they were on lockdown for for a pretty significant amount of time. Um, I think Italy is. I can't remember if Italy is no longer under the same lockdown or not. I don't know. So who knows? You know, the 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 sort of estimates seem to be somewhere between. Uh. uh Two weeks and forever. <laughs> yeah, just round it up. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. And so you know, so we'll see. So we're still you know pushing pushing ahead, uh, trying to get our scripts. To the very least, we'll have our scripts written and banked and ready to go whenever we're ready to go. Mm. And be. You're in a writer's room, at least, so you definitely have a little bit more structure. Yeah. But, obviously, writing your script, you still sort of tend to go off on your own and and do your thing. Uh, How, if at all, how has the, just the specter of this, like, you are, it's difficult to, not difficult, I shouldn't say, but technically you're supposed to uh, social distance yourself as much as humanly possible, yeah, uh, and all the other things that have gone on, like you know, everything shutting down and and things like that. Yeah, There's, mentally, how have you been able to focus on your writing and remain creative? I see a lot of writers who are obviously, for obvious reasons, anxious and spending a lot of time looking at the different stories, the news media outlets, and, yeah. and reading statistics and and the whole deal, and it becomes difficult to focus on what on what you're writing yeah. and being creative how have you managed to because you're obviously in an environment where you need to get stuff done there's no you have set deadlines and you have to yeah you know, get stuff done I, so. you know thankfully like i said we're in a room so there's a bunch of our minds so uh, the one good part is i don't necessarily need to be on on every second of the day right um it's virtual, so like I can still check in on Twitter, which I would be doing in the room anyway. We're a fairly uh, uh, casual, not casual, but we're a fairly uh, uh, phone-friendly room. Um, so, and that always helps to feed into the work to sort of keep on top of what's going on and, and keep track uh, of the world and, and make sure you know we're we're writing au courant and to, to the current moment. It'll be. Interesting to try to write to this moment, whatever it is, sort of once we're through it, um, or sooner, who knows. Um, I'm sure these events are, are scrambling a lot of people's uh, writing and season planning and story arcs. Right. Um, uh, not for us so much, but I'm sure lots of people. Uh, and so... I don't know. I mean, it hasn't been a particular struggle. It'll be interesting when I'm uh, I'm currently not on script, so I'm still just in the room, um, just breaking a part of the, the breaking process, breaking story with everyone. Yeah. Uh, it'll be more interesting when I sort of have to go off script, off to go to script, uh, because the last year or so that I've been on Supergirl uh, in particular, 
uh, I would go to the office to write and, you know, be able to like lean on the other writers and uh, uh, for questions or things that came up and things that had changed from the previous draft or whatever. Uh, and now that won't be the thing. You know, I'll be here in my apartment still every day. Right. You know, I won't even be able to go to a coffee shop to sort of break the monotony. So that'll be a more of a challenge. But, you know, at the same time, personally, I'm a fair amount of a homebody. Um, one of the things I was I tell people about, you know, this year I was able to go to set a lot. I was uh, up on set in Vancouver for sort of for four episodes, hmm. uh, about 50 days uh, all told, a little bit more. And one of the things that I like about being on set uh, is you get to the weekend when production is done and I'm in a foreign country and I don't really have any friends or any responsibilities or any obligations. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just sit here in this hotel room and watch Bones all day. <laughs> no one's going to say anything about that. And I, I wonder how much being on script will be like that, where it's like, well, I mean... My friends can complain that I don't see them, but I can't see them. So what are you going to do? Right, right. That's funny. Um, okay, so you're not on script yet, so we don't know how that's going to be affected by, by this. Mm -hmm. But just in general, when you're not working, uh, when you're not in your virtual writer's room, how do you spend your time since you can't use your gym, since you can't see friends, really? Uh, you're not supposed to, anyway. You're not seeing friends, are you, Jay? No, I'm just kidding. I am not seeing friends. <laughs> uh, I was having a game night on Sunday, and I canceled it. Though I did do a virtual gaming session yesterday. Oh, cool. Uh, and that was fun. What game? Uh, it's a, a version of Shadowrun. It's a slightly okay. home version of Shadowrun. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do as a, kind of a hobby is uh, do streaming RPGs uh, with a company called Happy Jacks. Oh. And so... Uh, we figured out how to do it virtually, also using Zoom, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. uh, and that was good. And we're going to try to use either the site Roll20 or Google Hangout for my regular D&D group on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So maintaining those schedule things is helping. Even if we were doing it digitally, that sort of helps to like still ground my week and say, like, okay, that's still happening I'm. I will get human interaction interaction that way. Um, as for everything else, I'm like I said. I'm still sort of f figuring it out because it doesn't quite feel like this is forever yet. <laughs> Hopefully, it won't. But yeah, no, I, exactly. I understand what Hopefully you're saying. Hopefully, it won't be forever. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's. I'm still. There's still a part of me that's waiting for like that other shoe to drop. Right. And for either to be like, hey, everyone, we were just kidding. <laughs> we were kidding. This so, was no big deal. It's Everyone's all a big joke on Jay. Up. Yeah, exactly. We got we, you. Uh, we got you, Jay. Yeah. In a way for our idiot president to be right and everyone would be like, you know what? <laughs> we all really just overreacted. It's fine. Everything is fine. Right. It's not. This is not an overreaction. It's a severe underreaction. Everything is not fine. I just want to make sure that that's said out loud. <laughs> yeah, no, everything is terrible. <laughs> everything is terrible. Right. Uh, so, you know what I mean? So that, like, it's still sort of like, okay, uh, how do I how do I start to build a routine here? You know, the right now it's little things for me, making sure that I put on a clean shirt every day. Mm, that's nice, yeah. Wear my pajama bottoms with a clean shirt. Mm -hmm. um, and just sort of, like, starting to figure out sort of my eating pattern. I tend to be a grazer, so, like, when am I going to graze and what am I going to graze? Mm -hmm. uh, and the next big thing will be, like, okay, when do I build, like, going outside to go for a walk? Because I need to go outside and go for a walk or something bad will happen. Right. Uh, so when you're uh, – did you stockpile anything before this whole thing everything got sort of no, shut down i'm the world's worst prepper i am so bad i think i went are you, shopping are like you door dashing it or, or how is this working i had food here i had some food here uh i and so i wasn't too worried about that um i mean the one part where i'm not panicking is honestly is the food part because like there's not a, there is not actually a food shortage no that's true 
And even when they like put Italy under the lockdown, it's still grocery stores and pharmacies are open. Right. You know, limited hours. And I'm sure they'll have like some limited inventory. But I went like Monday or something like that to the grocery store. Well, I got some I got some food delivered on like Saturday. And then I went one Monday and was able to pick up a couple of other things that I needed. Monday meaning yesterday? Was that yesterday? Yeah. Maybe it was Sunday. I don't know, man. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to correct you. <laughs> it's, no, it's okay. Like, it's... The days just I blend would, together, though, don't they? They do. And I would, I would... There's a part of me that would definitely chalk it up to, oh, yeah, we're in this crazy, crazy time, and days don't mean anything. But honestly, this is just me. Like, uh, I tend to be a bit of a... Not exactly a shark, because let me tell you, I will dwell on things from the past a lot. Mm-hmm. But it is a little bit sort of like once I'm moving, it's like what I don't I don't remember what that day was. Right. But for you, I guess it's not just because of everything going on. It's just sort of no. a constant state of affairs. Gotcha. It is definitely a constant state of affairs. I'd be easy to blame it on the weirdness of the times. But nope, this is entirely on me. Right. Right. Um, OK, so in addition to your uh, gaming stuff your mm-hmm. rpgs and all that kind of stuff what else what are you watching what are you reading anything let's see this weekend i did a deep star trek dive so i'd caught up finally on picard hmm uh so that was good i haven't seen it yet what uh, tell me oh i really loved it okay it's, it's great it's great it's just what i needed it's just like it's the kind of space adventure uh that i really just love um and i love that star trek universe and you know <laughs> There's definitely something comforting about uh, a very highly functional, organized, one-world government uh, that takes care of things mm-hmm. in times like these. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely some wish fulfillment on that front. Um, and that was my – that was a lot of my weekend was, yeah, just watching. I watched like most of the Star Trek movies um, over the weekend uh, I've done some reading. I'm trying to catch up on some actual book reading, mm-hmm. uh, reading some comic books. Uh, a friend of mine uh, from the internet sent me a huge stack of comic books, so I'm making my way through those uh, carefully. Anything good? Anything in particular? Uh, yeah, I mean, he sent me a bunch of uh, basically the entire Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye, mm-hmm. um, which I've been meaning to read for a long time anyway. I'm like, this is perfect. This is the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also, for the first time in a year, apparently, dusted off my PS4 oh. to try to finish Spider-Man. Sure. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like forever ago, but then it also feels like forever ago when you can go to the supermarket and find a roll of toilet paper. So, you know, exactly. it all blends together. How, how are we defining forever? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> being <laughs> exactly so i've tried that uh being uh that i am at home and i have this hour sort of lunch break mm-hmm. uh it's accelerated my rewatch of community hmm. so now on my lunch break i'll sit and eat and watch a couple episodes of community which has definitely been enlightening right uh because it's been some of these episodes i don't think i've watched since they aired oh wow it's crazy yeah uh, and so it's nice to sort of revisit one, just remember what I remember and the, the like the, the things that stand out and then things that were like, Oh, I hadn't quite noticed that before. I hadn't noticed that sort of structural thing that he does or, you know, the, the jump between sort of the end of season one and the beginning of season two, when it really, that's when like, I mean, like with a lot of shows, that's when it sort of became the show that lives in our memory. Right. Became right. That, like, really super super duper meta show mm-hmm. um but it's been a blast which is a blast to remember. i'm like oh yeah i remember i love these characters yeah and i miss and i'm mostly at this point i'm still in sort of like the planning phase of like okay this is going to go on for some time how am i going to structure my days so that i don't just sleep uh, for ten hours, right? Whenever you're not on Zoom, you're, you know how many how many of those hours can you sleep? Exactly, and let yeah. me tell you, there's a, there's a lot of them that I could yeah. definitely be sleeping. <laughs> um, I do have a couple side projects and personal projects that I should be working on, though. 
I go back and forth on that. You know, there's the whole thing going around the interwebs about Shakespeare being locked up because uh, mm. of the plague and writing King Lear. Right. Uh, and then the counterpoint being, of course, like, these are weird, freaky times. You should be allowed to be weird, feel weird and freaky and not necessarily like you have to be productive every second of every day. Right. Uh, which I also very much buy into that, like, yeah, that level of sort of capitalist de- decreed every second has to be productive and money making. I don't want to do that. But it's also like I've got the time one to catch up on, like I said, on some reading. I've got a bunch of books that I should read or wanted to read that I couldn't quite make the headspace or time space for. Um, there are, I, I have a stack of video games that I haven't played. So for me right now, it is like an in and around trying to figure out how to go for a couple of walks every day and to like get that exercise. And, um, when I can't go to the gym. So what are some of the books that you have been wanting to read that you haven't gotten to yet? Uh, there was a book last year, was it called black leopard, red wolf okay. that a friend of mine gave me that I've been dying to read. Um, I have a whole stack in my room, um, of like Ursula Le Guin books and Perdido street and like old classics and newer books as well that like people have gifted me over the last couple years that I've been like, ah, oh, oh, I should be reading this. I want to read this. And even things that I've read before, like, uh, there's a, it's a very big thing, but it would take me forever, not forever, take a while. Um, this book, The Annals of the Former World, which is about geology that I read 15 years ago and loved and just got again from Amazon was like, let me dig back into it. But it's one of those like monster thousand page tomes about geology. Hmm. So, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a quick light afternoon uh, in my day. Right. Right. Um, so you... Star Trek. You, you you've watched Picard. You have seen mm-hmm. a lot of the movies fairly recently. Uh, I'm sure you're not catching up. You're watching them again. Yeah. Uh, can you r- rank the TV series for me in terms of, of you know, what, which ones you which series you find to be the best? I know it's not easy. That's a tough one. That is a tough yeah. one. One because I find most of these rankings always tough because there's like. There's the part of my brain that is like, okay, I can be objective about things. And objectively, and this is purely objectively, objectively, DS9 is the best Star Trek that ever Star Trek. Okay, good. It's yeah. Strongest series. It's the smartest. It's the most interesting and complicated. It does the most interesting things with the world and the universe. Um, it's got some it's got some low points, but the high points more than make up for it. Like that. That's easy, but in my heart, my heart of hearts, God, I love those weird, awkward, terrible kids from Voyager. Hmm. Like, Voyager is much maligned, uh, some of it rightfully so. I have a, <laughs> a very close friend who hates it with a passion, and I get tired of defending it because it's hard to defend at times uh, on pure quality bounds, but, Lord, I just love their little misfit hearts hmm so that's that's ds9 and voyager and how would you rank enterprise and tmg and the original i've never seen enterprise okay i will i i may actually break it i may break down this year and actually watch enterprise right there you go that you got time now i've got time (laughs) and very few other excuses and forever you you got forever now so for me, for me, I would go DS9, Next Generation, Voyager, original series. Um, you forgot Picard. Picard. I'm just getting there. Yeah. Picard and well, Picard and Discovery are tied. And this is all, just to be clear in the terms of this ranking, yeah. like Star Trek is one of my favorite things in the universe. So these are all varying degrees of love. Like, sure, they're, all, they're like, all your kids, but exactly. one of them, one of them's an honor student who designed a, a fusion-powered car, and the other one, you know, they they He's trying real hard. Right, right. I got gotcha. you. 
you know, and like, and Picard, it's still, Picard is also still up in the air because it's not done yet. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to judge a series until it's done. Sure. Because then I'm like, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? At right. least the full season. Right, right. Um, and like the, and also the space between these is real, real, real close. Um, so it's sort of like these six TV shows, a bit of a gap, and then kind of every other TV show ever made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's kind of where we where I'm sitting right now. Like, I think Discovery is great. Discovery, like, particularly the second season, but honestly, the first season too, traffics in such interesting ideas, uh, and does such fun and cool things that we hadn't seen before. Um, some of it doesn't quite work. Some of it did. I thought the second season worked better and is more Star Trek, which I like. Uh, as opposed to uh, the, the more sort of action-based kind of new Trek world. Um, forgive me if I'm going down into the weeds here. No. Um, uh, so, like, you know, I like a Star Trek where there's a mystery, and it's, you solve it by science, and you put the pieces together, and it means a thing, and it leads to some sort of moral dilemma, which is, like, that's what Star Trek is all about, you know? Science and morality. Right. And that's kind of why I love its its beautiful utopian heart. Um, and then, you know, I also watched a bunch of the movies, which are just freaking real fun, um, including Beyond. Like, I'm not anti-J.J. Abrams Star Trek. I have issues, we'll say, with Into Darkness, but that's the subject of another podcast, uh, or find me at a bar and I will explain it in much detail and very loudly. Uh, <laughs> but Sartic Beyond, I think is great. I like, I think that's a, a, just a hoot and a lot of fun. It was fun watching, you know, spending a day where I started with Wrath of Khan, which is one of the most perfect movies ever made. Sure. If you ask me, uh, and then ending my day with uh, with Beyond, which is great. I was sort of like, okay, yeah, these are of a piece. These are this is again the the big questions about you know should we be out here in space and what will we find if we do? Right. Well, I got to uh, when I went to film school at USC. Uh, there was a fireside chat with Nicholas Meyer, and you know, I, so I got to ask <laughs> some questions about uh, Wrath of Khan and all that, but. I noticed you said you started with Wrath of Khan, which mm-hmm. neglects uh, Star Trek, the first, the motion picture. Yep, motion picture, um, yes. So, yeah, let me get your take on that and, and why you started with Wrath of Khan. Well, I started with Wrath of Khan because I just enjoyed the crap out of Wrath of Khan. Right. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't watch all of them. I skipped around. I watched Wrath of Khan, Undiscovered Country, and then Beyond. Um, it's been a while, and I probably should since I've watched all of them. It's been a while since I saw Star Trek The Motion Picture, uh, and I should probably revisit it, because as I remember it, as from a kid, uh, it's not bad, but it is very long and very slow. Right, it is very um, slow. Whereas Wrath of Khan is a ruthless engine. It is a machine. It's like a near-perfect revenge drama it's mm-hmm. a perfect space yarn and it's like it just sort of it's so neat that it it just it thrills me to just watch it and watch again and just marvel and just how well put together every part of it is every aspect of that movie um from start to finish is just so sharp uh and interesting that it's one of those things where every couple of months i wind up watching wrath of khan um but yeah, you know, I've got no hard feelings against the motion picture. It's just, it's been a while since I wanted to set aside the two and a half hours to watch them all stare at the ship for two and a half hours. <laughs> right. Um, well, you've got forever because that's about how long it takes to watch that film. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now I do. And now it is it is kind of worth it. A friend of mine, uh, the same friend who hates Voyager, uh, accidentally embarked on a really interesting project that like in my full sense of leisure, and I, I may wind up, if we're still doing this in August, who knows what's going to happen, where my brain will be, where he wound up, has wound up over several years, uh, he's been doing it slowly, watching all of Star Trek in order of release. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean which, from switching between movies and TV 
show? Yeah, exactly. Ah. Like, at first it was just he could watch the shows and then start watching the movies. But, yeah, once Next Generation started, then he had to alternate movies and shows. Mm-hmm. And then he had to alternate two shows. Um, you never you never have to do three. There were never three Star Wars shows on at any time. Um, but, yeah, you had, to do, you had to alternate between two different shows uh, once DS9 and movies to, to sort of keep it going. And like that, that sounds like a fun project. But you had mentioned that he was watching it in order of release, so it's not chronological yeah. order, meaning... No. Gotcha. No, it's in order, in order of release. So, um, so yeah, so he hasn't gotten... It's not like he has, uh, had to stop and go back and watch Discovery or Enterprise right. before moving forward. Gotcha. It's just in order of release. Gotcha. So for someone who's such an avid uh, Star Trek fan, how mm-hmm. have you not watched Enterprise, I have to ask? Um, Enterprise landed for me in my life in a sort of transitional time, let's put it that way, when I didn't have a lot of access to a regular television, Mm. just because where I was living at the time, I forget where and why and what moves, but I didn't have a DVR, uh, or a VCR that was reliable. Um, and so I wasn't going to be able to watch it on the regular. Uh, and then two, the reviews were not good. And I will 100 admit to being swayed by, like, good people I know who like Star Trek who said this is not very good. I've been fascinated with it um, just because I'm interested in that time and interested in sort of that time frame. And I've seen little bits and pieces. But it's just, you know, when people you trust say something's not good, for me, I'm like, eh, I can live without it. Right. Well, I have to say a couple things. One, it's been 15 years. So I think, you know, maybe take a look at it. That's just a suggestion, you know. Yeah. Um, Scott Bakula. I mean, everyone loves Scott Bakula, right? Love Scott Bakula. It got got 7.5. I'm looking at it right now on IMDb. Yeah. That's not bad. So, you know, maybe, maybe give it a shot. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's one of those things that. In the moment, you're like, this is not as good as I remember. And then maybe watching it now that you got forever, maybe it's, hey, this is not as bad as I'd heard. I don't know. Right, exactly. And I'm, I'm excited for that experience. I'm excited to sort of dig back into it. Right. Uh, and and give it a shot. Because, yeah, a couple of years ago, I did do all of Next Generation, DS9, and Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I purposefully stopped at Enterprise. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I'm so happy, especially finishing with Voyager. I'm like, ah, oh, Voyager, my weird little friends. Um, that I was like, okay, let me. But you know what? You're right. You're turning me around on this. Well, maybe you know, after you uh, spend eternity watching the motion <laughs> picture, you know, if you feel up to it, you know, maybe exactly. give it a shot. Maybe give it a shot. Yeah, but I also have to make sure in all this time that I have, that I leave room for. You know, a full Marvel MCU watch, mm-hmm. uh, a full Fast and Furious verse watch. Okay. By uh, by the time this is over, they might just release nine on two Fast and Furious nine on two. Uh, uh, who knows? Pay per view or whatever, whatever it is, right. streaming. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I got to leave room for another Star Wars watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> Because I know yeah. where it ends, yeah. and it's going to be a bummer when I get there again, but mm-hmm. That'll be a whatever. Slog. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just a slog. It's, it's super fun. There's great things. There's some bad things. And then it's just there's the thing that happens at the end that I'm going to – I know I'm going to wind up watching again and just be like, why am I watching this again? <laughs> I don't know. That first trilogy, meaning not the original trilogy, episodes one through three, are kind of a slog for me. They're – Oh, yeah. It, it just, it just, I don't know. Just it's rough. Yeah. It's no, it's not just you. It is. <laughs> it is rough. Uh, so, okay. So, you are at home. You're making your way through Star Trek's. Uh, you've written some books. Uh, how much time are you setting aside, if any? I know you're on a show, so you probably don't have much, if any time or brain width to work on other things but do you think about other things other meaning yeah. writing projects and scripts do you spend time doing that or are you too caught up with with the show 
No, I've definitely I've spent some time thinking about those. Um, there are a couple things, a couple irons in various fires that, you know, when... Uh, and it, again, it's weird that, like, the hours commitment to my show have not changed, mm-hmm. but the lack of having to commute... Oh, yeah. And also having literally nowhere else to be mm-hmm. definitely changes the sort of algebra of it all. Right. Uh, um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely planning to, like... There are a few personal projects of mine. There are a few sort of freelancey gigs that were floating around that I want to kind of nail down. Um, and hopefully, yeah, come out of this, whatever, however long this period lasts, uh, with some with, with some new work and uh, some new ideas. Yeah. With your own uh, King Lear? Yeah, with my own. We'll see about King Lear. But <laughs> when you come out on the other side, uh, assuming it hasn't been eternity, in uh, sort of a, I don't want to say a dream scenario because this whole thing is is really messed up. But yeah, um, like what would you like to walk out of this holding in terms of creatively? Oh God, um, <sighs> realistically, really I guess. Yeah. I mean, because there's the realistic part of me which knows uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time sleeping uh, and a lot of time just fucking on twitter uh, um, <laughs> let's just be realistic about that sure. like if i came out of this uh with one or two new scripts and a couple of new one sheets like really really sort of built out pitches for things i'd be pretty happy um i mean mostly i'd be happy if i come out of this still employed mm-hmm. it's you know would be great uh but yeah just having a couple of extra things on my own that you know once people are doing in-person meetings or whatever uh again that would be great and so what uh huh so when how have you had any sort of meetings virtual meetings other than for the show or are you not because you're on a show you're not taking other meetings yeah i mean the, the show commitment sort of has has kept me pretty tied up uh of late uh so that i haven't i haven't had any i know other people have uh at least according to the twitters people are having skype meetings which in a way heart i find very heartening is that like the business is still happening we haven't we sort of haven't uh uh completely well not folded because you know it's not yeah, we're not, you know, we're not the airline industry. <laughs> yeah, but it's also not like, you know, that that stupid attitude that had people going out of like, I'm going to show that coronavirus. I'm not scared of it. It doesn't, it doesn't care. Right. Now, we don't have to prove anything to anyone right. about how tough we are, how resilient America is. And we're not going to give in to some the demands of some virus. It, it's a virus. It's going to do what it does. Right. Uh, don't be a schmuck and go out. Or think that you're going to, you know, impress it with your toughness. But it is nice to see that, like, we're adapting. Um, as a lot of people have noted, it's also frustrating that when, you know, people with disabilities or special needs or whatever uh, enter the business and enter the world, they're often told, oh, no, we can't do that. Oh, we can't allow telepresence. That's You need to physically be here right. until we can't physically be there. Then it's pretty easy to be like, oh, pretty easy to set up a Zoom room. Let me tell you guys. That that sort of happened real quick, um, so I don't know. And I guess lastly, I just wanted to you've you mentioned comic books and you mentioned reading some comic because you've worked on a lot of comic book yep. shows. Yeah, how did that sort of transition work? Is that the the work that you meaning? when you got gigs on Jessica Jones or Cloak and Dagger or Supergirl, did you obviously as, as a writer, you go where the work is, but yeah. at the same time, your experience and, and your knowledge and your um, understanding, because it is a different medium comic books. Yes. Uh, obviously are a benefit in those yeah. situations. Yeah, I mean... How, why? Cause I, I know a lot of comic book writers and, Oftentimes they'll work on comic book shows, but then some of them don't. They go off and do other things. But, you know, and you're still sort of earlier on. I think you're a mid-level now, right? You're a producer yeah. on Supergirl? Uh, supervising producer next season. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, so is, was it 
conscious choice or was that sort of just where you gravitated towards i mean it was a conscious choice like yeah. i mean it was yeah it was a, when, from when i got into the business um i knew i wanted to get into genre tv writing hmm. uh genre tv and the comic books and sci-fi obviously are near and dear to my heart it's what i grew up on it's where mostly i learned storytelling um, and is still the kind of storytelling I am most comfortable with. Um, I mean, obviously it's all stories, it's all character, motivation, desire, all of that. And, you know, I, I feel like, sure, if I was on, uh, a 90210, I'd figure out ways to tell stories, but I'll tell you, if I was on 90210, suddenly someone would be a robot. And... <laughs> That's just how that happened, right. um, you know, or an alien or a time traveler or something. Right. You um, knew when you hired me. Exactly. You knew what you were getting. Right. Uh, so, you know, I've definitely pushed to be in these rooms and to get those meetings uh, and was uh, lucky enough to get that meeting. And then certainly to get hired in part because, you know, uh, I grew up on those comic books that when I went in to meet for On Cloak and Dagger, I could say that, like, I remember when Cloak and Dagger premiered and I remember reading that first limited series and how important it was to me mm -hmm. uh, to see a black superhero. And, and you know, knowing that, knowing it'd bring that into the room. Um, and now, I guess at this point, the sort of track record speaks for itself, I suppose. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I remain, you know, a steadfast comic book geek and someone who uh, that's what I'm bringing to the table. You know, that one, that some of that knowledge, uh, there are definitely people who know much, much deeper, much deeper knowledge than I do. Um, but, you know, I, I do pretty well. Um, and also that kind of storytelling. Right. Uh, what uh, you think San Diego Comic Con's going to happen this year? I know they canceled WonderCon. They canceled WonderCon. I'd be surprised. Like it's, it's been interesting watching what things get canceled and what don't, just because of the um, the lead time to to get everything together. Right. You know, like if this, if we're all back at work or not back at work, but back in the world next week, maybe. Hmm. But I feel like any further than that, they're like just in terms of the logistics of making it happen in any reasonable way, they'd probably have to cancel it. Um, not that I don't have any inside or whatever, but it's just, I don't know. It just seems to me it's less about, like, I think, like I said, I think the crisis itself, the, the coronavirus crisis, should have run its course by then, um, unless this government fucked up even worse than they already did. Um, but it's just a matter of, like I said, the logistics of that kind of beast, you know? Um, I feel like that's the kind of thing that like got Black Widow delayed and has sort of affected the movies that it's, it's less the, a little bit, obviously for some of the, the newer movies, a little bit the, oh, people can't go to the movie, but I'm sure for Black Widow, it's like, we have a whole press rollout that we need to do that we can't do. Right. Right. You know, it's all that ancillary stuff and all of the, you know, ordering and manufacturing and making and all of that that goes into stuff that, yeah, just makes it all much more complicated. Right. And I heard that uh, some things aren't being canceled, like Con. They haven't canceled Con, the Con film, at least last I checked. No. Uh, because of insurance, meaning mm -hmm. that unless the government officially forces them to close, if they cancel it on their own, they will basically lose all their money. Yeah, I'd heard that that's what happened with South by Southwest. Yeah. That, like one of the reasons they had to camp they canceled so late was they were waiting for the city of Austin to say, "Okay, no, you can't have it." Right. Right, so they can get their money, which yeah, yeah. obviously I'm not saying they shouldn't, I'm saying, yeah. No, yeah, like that, it's exactly some of those things. It's like right. it's we're in an interesting it's an interesting sort of a civic experiment here. That we're, <laughs> we're learning a lot about, you know, I I feel like we're all learning a lot about the way the government works and the way our culture works and and to you know quote again a lot of people from the internet all the things that seem to be utterly impossible and utterly unfeasible that suddenly become real feasible real quick right um you know sending every american a thousand dollars seemed to be if you asked if 
you know, when Andrew Yang mentioned that two months ago, everyone was like, yeah, whatever. That's like, that's ever going to happen. Right. No, it like, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Now it's like, how <laughs> soon can we get this done? Yeah. All of a sudden it becomes real easy. Right. It becomes real easy to, to not throw people out of their apartments all of a sudden. So right. maybe we should just not do that on the regular. Right. Anyway. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> um, well, it's great to hear that you're, you still got your gig and you are obviously at gives add structure to your life, but it's also good that I hear you're, you know, with your gaming and stuff and you're, con you know, yeah. connecting with people dealing with, uh, on that. So, um, yeah. Any, uh, other tips or advice to, Ooh, to um, since, since you are a quote unquote, uh, homebody self-proclaimed, yeah. what, yes. uh, what, uh, tips do you have for, uh, who are not necessarily homebodies. Well, yeah, definitely uh, showering slash putting on fresh clothes every day. Mm. That helps you feel like a normal person. <laughs> right. Um, Don't defining turn into meal Defining mealtimes is good. Ah. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's all I got for you. <laughs> well, Don't fall asleep in front of the television. Don't what? Don't fall asleep in front of the television. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I sometimes do that. I apologize. I, I sometimes do, but I'm like, nope, I'm falling asleep. Just go to bed. Yeah, that's the best thing. You're right. You're 100% right there. Um, thank you, Jay, for chatting. Hey. It's, it's been a lot of fun uh, going over Star Trek. Maybe you'll watch Enterprise now that you've got nothing but time. I mean, <laughs> I'm now obligated to. It's, it's now been broadcast. Right. I have to. Yeah, so next time we talk, we'll have to get a whole rundown on how that's it ranks. Right. Yeah, I'll just slot it in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you, Jay, and to everyone listening. Remember, you're not alone. We're all in this together. Stay yep. safe, be well, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.